It's one of life's mysteries, isn't it? You may be thinking, yeah, that's not only one of life's mysteries, why I'm still just a captain. You might be thinking, why is the preacher wearing a bomber jacket and glasses this morning, all right? The reality is I wanted to end this series at the movies all in. Who's had fun this summer with the, at the movies? Yeah. It has been a lot of fun, um, and uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. But more than that, I pray that you, have, you know the themes as we've dug into the Bible, to God's Word. The, the movie's just a way to get our attention, to connect us to truth, to life. But we've seen so much truth in the Bible, like the first week when we did the Sandlot. And I remind you to be a Benny. Remember what a Benny is? To be an encourager uh, to your spouse, to your children, to your coworkers, to people you don't even know. Uh, they need encouragement, so do I. Be a Benny to someone. Uh, on week two, we were back to the future. And the truth we learned in God's word was the reality that your sins from the past, the present, and the future are forgiven in Christ. Amen? Isn't that such a wonderful truth that you're forgiven and you will be forgiven? Uh, when we studied Toy Story and we looked into God's word and this reality that a lot of times we feel less than important, but God sees you as treasure even when you feel like trash. Some of you may came here today and you're like, I'm a mess. My life is uh, totally a mess. Uh, my, I feel like I'm not very important. God sees you as his treasure. Last week, uh, Ben did a great job reminding us that we will persevere through Christ's power. So today, if you're in a battle, keep going. Don't give up. God's power is alive at work in you. We found so much truth in God's word. So today, as we enter into Top Gun, the concept of that, we're going to look at Top Gun Maverick to let you know what it is. I wondered, hey, how do you dive into this big movie? I thought, well, the first thing I could do is rattle off some of Maverick's classic lines from Top Gun. That'd be cool, right? And then I remembered, you don't have time to think up there if you think you're dead. Remember that one? Or how about this one? It's classified. I could tell you all, but then I'd have to kill you, all right? Or this one. Help me out with this if you know this. I feel the need, the need for? Speed. You've seen it. You've heard it. It's a compelling movie. It brings us so many memories. But all joking aside, in all memories aside, I want to move forward today from the scene we just saw where his commanding officer says, why are you still where you're at? And he says, it's one of the world's, it says it's a mystery. It's life's mystery. Today, I want to shed some light on life's mystery today from God's word. The first is this one. We'll get right into it. Why is this world in so much pain? Today feels pretty good. We've seen baby dedication. Uh, maybe you're here with family member or friends. Uh, but, but I want you to think, in a regular basis, why is this world full of so much pain? Why does it feel like time after time we're, we're in a struggle uh, it fits right into a good Hollywood movie, but if we're honest with ourselves, most of our lives have some form of battle, a fight. It hit me like a ton of bricks a few years ago. I walked into a hospital like I a, 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 do on a regular basis, and I went to the front desk, and I asked where someone was and what room they were in. And I could tell behind the desk things were different. There were more people than normal back there. And it started to be the question, well, I'm not sure who can go visit today and who can't. And then someone asked me for the first time before all this had kind of exploded, do you have any symptoms that make you feel ill? And I was like, no, I've never been asked that before. Uh, and and then, they, then they talked for a little bit. I was curious what was going on. They were a little confused. I began to be a little frustrated. Then I saw it. A, a great reminder for that day and for every day. I, it was on the receptionist computer. It was taped to her screen right on the side. 
Maybe you've heard it before. I don't know who said it, but consider it today. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Think about that. Everyone you meet means everyone you're sitting by in front of, uh, who you look at on stage, who, who I see out there. Every one of us is in a battle that we know very little if nothing about. So give them some slack, especially next time you see that person's actions or attitude feel alarming. Because if you're over the age of five and you can hear me now, whether you're in the room or watching online or WGL, the reality is we all have a battle. Some of us face them differently, but life is not easy. Some of you are hurting today more than others. Some of you are like, I'm not sure I can make it through next week. Others of you are like, I had a battle this week. I've already conquered it. I've got a new one today. I'm looking forward to the next one. We all handle things differently, but we all have fights that we're facing. I wonder how you're doing. How are you doing with the battles that you face? No matter how you feel, it's real. And I have a hope today that I want to share with you since Jesus hear this. The creator of the world who is over everything and has power over everything, big or small, loves you and wants to provide a way for you to be blessed and enjoy life. That's the good news. That's the hope that changes everything through Jesus. But let me ask you again, what are you facing right now? In, in the movie, the film, Tom, uh, Top Gun Maverick, the free world is facing a fearful threat from nuclear war by this rogue country who's developing uh, uranium in this deep underground laboratory between two mountain ranges where it's almost impenetrable to, to get to, to access to destroy. And, and that's the battle they're facing. That's not your battle. That's not what you're going through today. But your battle might be a health concern. It might be a financial issue. It might be a, a, a sexual dilemma. It, it might be a relationship problem. But I know one thing that each of us face on a daily basis is the battle of temptation and sin. And it's spiritual. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but rather evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I believe you need to hear this today. It's why you're here. Each and every one of you need to be reminded of this truth from God's word. It's not from Maverick. It's from uh, the Apostle Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says we're all in a battle and it's not with people. We need to remember that. Our greatest enemy is not Russians that fly MiG airplanes. It's not someone who votes or thinks differently. It's not even your spouse or, or your neighbor across the street or your uh, thorn in your side for the past 50 years. Our primary enemy is the devil and he's looking to destroy us. Now let me slow down for a moment because some of you are invited by a friend today and you're like, hey, it's gonna be a real cool day. We're gonna have popcorn. We're gonna watch some scenes from Maverick and all of a sudden you are hearing you're at war. And you're like, this is weird. The preacher still got on a jack and he's talking about the devil wanting to destroy me. Here's the reality. I believe your friend that invited you loves you enough and I care about you enough to tell you the truth. God is real and he loves you and wants to bless you beyond what you can imagine. But equally real is the devil and he is looking to kill, steal, and destroy your life and anything that matters to you. That's the reality. And if that seems weird, I get it. You can ignore it or you can learn today that that's not a mystery. 
Your friend cares about you enough for you uh, to know that God loves you and God has declared war against the devil. And, And when you feel like the world is out of whack and there's so much great pain on a regular basis, you no longer have to see the mystery. You can know what it is. It's spiritual battle. Uh, At times, we look around, we look at the headlines, we hear from our neighbors, we look on social media, we may hear from our own heart, uh, something is not right. That is the battle between good and evil at the core. Have you ever got to the end of a day and just had this thought in your mind, things are just not right? Have you ever felt like that? Things, Things are off in the world. Things are just not right. That's what the Word of God is talking about here. If you've ever seen a child uh, struggle with a disease, if you've ever seen a family torn apart by divorce, if you've ever seen a a nation uh, kind of uh, fighting amongst themselves, you're like, this is just not right. It's not a surprise. This is the devil's plan from the beginning to kill, steal, and destroy everything that matters. But what I'm about to tell you today from God's word is empowering. It changes everything. It's the hope we have. Jesus says this, in this world, you'll have trouble. Jesus is honest always. He doesn't ever candy coat it. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. He says, wake up, take heart. I have overcome the world. You do not have to live a life of fear. It wasn't in the original sermon, but I want you to hear this. The greatest weapon we have in the battle against evil forces is the word of Jesus and his name. He says, in this world, I have overcome it. So when you realize you're in a battle, you're in a fight and things aren't right, Go to Jesus in prayer and say, Jesus, by your mighty power and your name, I'm asking for help. And Satan can't overcome that. It stops him in his tracks. The mighty name of Jesus. Jesus goes on to teach us after writing this passage in his life, and he teaches us how to battle. He teaches us how to live. He teaches us how to overcome the world. He knows that we need help. We can't do this on our own. In Top Gun Maverick, uh, Maverick faces a similar issue. He goes back to, uh, to train some, some of the recent graduates from Top Gun School, some of the highest of highest achievers. Uh, they know the book backwards and forwards. They've had uh, great training in, in the test course, but one thing they don't know is really what the enemy's like. They've not had combat experience. Top Gun Maverick, Maverick has had that experience. And what he says is, You don't really know what your enemy knows. You don't even know what you do or don't know. And he knows he has to explain to them more about their enemy. Watch watch this clip. Do you know that your enemy, the devil, knows this book, the Bible, better than you do? Have you ever thought about that? Our enemy that's waging war against us on a regular basis knows the Bible inside and out. It knows the Bible better than I do, better than the elders do, better than any human does. The enemy, the devil, is stronger, smarter, and more shrewd than I can ever convey to you. And he's looking to take you down. That's why the world is in such chaos. Our our enemy is strong. It's powerful. It it knows our tendencies. It it knows the things we're tempted by. But what it doesn't know is what is alive in you as the spirit of living God. If you believe in Christ and accepted him as your savior, uh, God lives within you and the enemy doesn't know that because he doesn't experience that. He doesn't live that. It's true. If it's left up to you and just you alone, you'll let evil thoughts and evil spirits even in your life And they will control you. They will distort your thinking and your mind and your life. 
But if you choose Jesus Christ as your Savior and you commit to letting him uh, guide your thoughts and your thinkings, if you let his word and his Holy Spirit in you, the enemy, Satan, has no chance to overcome you. His, his ability to, to bring you down is minimized completely. But it's up to you. What, what do you believe? Here's what the word of God says in 1 John 4. John writes these words. Dear children. Now the children are those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior. Today's baby dedication, we know what children looks like uh, born of flesh, but when we're reborn of the Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in us and we become children of God. So if we're children of God, we are from God and have overcome them. What's he talking about here? In the context, he's talking about the evil spirits of the world. We have overcome the world because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I want to emphasize this, greater than. Uh, say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Greater than. Say it again. Greater than. The one who is in you as a child of God is greater than the one that is in the world. So when you know things aren't right, you can say, God, you within me are greater than these things that are wrong. And I'm not going to back down. I'm going to keep pushing forward. You can all have that greater than spirit living in you. And you're like, how? It's a gift. You have to receive it. You, you may be thinking, I want to be clear about this. I can really have something greater than everything else in the world living within me in the form of God's spirit. And the answer is yes. You're like, well, how do you do that? You receive it. It's a gift. You, you can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to deserve it. We sang about that today. This is what the scripture is talking about. It is a gift that God offers to all that would believe in him and his son, Jesus. We receive this gift that is greater than the world. And he wants to bless you. He wants to empower you. He wants to forgive you so you can live forever. This gift, as a simple word throughout Scripture and our history as, as believers, is called grace. You probably sang about it before. It's called amazing grace. Uh, but grace is the gift that God wants to give us. And here's how I remember what grace is. It's an acrostic that's not necessarily in the Bible, but it's easy for me to help remember the biblical truth. Grace, it starts with God. God's the one who gives the gift. God is the creator, the ruler, the designer, uh, the one who blesses us with everything. And he wants to give you the riches that are meant for you. He wants to give you uh, the riches that he has set aside. Heaven, love, joy, peace. Anything that's good, God wants to bless us with, but it comes at a price. Everything comes at a price. When we usually give our children gifts, we pay with finances. We pay with time. But God gave us the gift of grace because it came at the price of Christ. And Christ is God's one and only son who came from heaven, was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life, and yet they crucified him. And the price that they paid, that expense, was crucifixion on the cross. He died so we could live. So grace is reminded us God's riches at Christ's expense, and it's free for you. And it's greater than any sin you've ever committed or will commit when you trust in Jesus. That grace is above all and for all. I wonder if you have that. You're like, well, I don't have it because it's really not for me. The more I actually read the Bible, the more I hear from a friend or a preacher or somebody on the internet, the more I realize that I don't qualify for grace. I don't know who ever told you that. It's a legitimate feeling, especially if you look at the Old Testament and part of the New Testament 
there, there's places where we have to be thinking, I'm so messed up, I can never receive the gift. That is not true. Here's what the Word of God says in Romans 5.20. God's law, which is really primarily the Old Testament, God's law was given, and it's a blessing, it was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. You're like, that's not a very good gift. I get to read the law and know that I'm a bum that should die and go to hell. That's pretty much what this is saying. It was written so that we could see how sinful we were, all of us. Look what it says next. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more and more abundant. God's grace is greater than all of your sin combined, all of the world's sin combined because of Jesus. And there is something special when we study God's word and we realize I can't do this on my own. I am messed up, but God has given me grace abundantly that it gives us hope. God has a plan for you, no matter who you are, to have this grace. You might be st still thinking, but I'm not qualified. Based on Top Gun, uh, if you're a Top Gun graduate, you are the best of the best. If you were uh, a Top Gun graduate being trained by uh, Maverick in this, you are the best of the best of the best. It was hard to be qualified. You're like, that's not me. I'm not a fire pilot. Yeah, I know. And in the same way, many of us start to feel like, I'm not qualified to be a Christian. And the reality is it's true. We're not. But grace. Here's the interesting thing. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called through Jesus. You're like, I'm not qualified. I know. So does God. But he qualifies you when he calls you through the blood of Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us. Here's an interesting thing. Nothing you can do will make God love you more. Like I came to church today, I'm good for a while and God and I are in a good relationship. That, that doesn't really matter. God doesn't love you more because you're here. He doesn't love you more because of what you give or don't give. He doesn't love you more uh, if you help the lady across the street or, or you make an extra nice dinner for your family today. God doesn't love you more because of what you do. But here's the better part. God doesn't love you any less because of what you do. He loves you consistently because he is God and he wants to give you grace no matter what you do or don't do. But he's wanting you to receive him. So you don't have to be qualified. You just have to receive his call. You're like, it is impossible. Yeah, for you it is. Look what Jesus says. With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You're like, there's no way I could ever be qualified. It's true. Jesus says, it is impossible. You and I could work on your battle now from now until eternity and a day, and we not overcome your battle. You and I are human. With us, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It's something that we all have to face. We can't do life on our own without God. And Top Gun Maverick, Maverick realizes this for his team. He's trained uh, these, these pilots to accomplish the impossible mission. And they're practicing on this close course. And they know how much time they have. They know all the resource they have. And they fail day after day after day. They fail, they fail, they fail. Kind of like we sin. And they get frustrated. They're like, we can't do this. It's impossible. And Tom uh, Cruise in the movie, his, his leaders begin to be at odds with him. He's like, we got to do it this way. They, and they kick him out of the program until this day when he comes back to show that what they thought was impossible is very much possible. Watch this clip. I, <laughs> who doesn't want to be a fighter pilot like deep down inside a little bit right now? Just a little bit. You know, that's so cool. 
Want to put on the glasses and be a fighter pilot? I talked to Ben Kettlecamp this week. He's a real-life fighter pilot. Talk to him sometime. Stories are amazing, going Mach 2. By the way, if you are a soldier of any type, male or female, in any type of the branches, we thank you for your commitment to protect your nation. Let's praise God for them. Think about this. In that fight, whatever fight you're fighting, when you're like, I got to show people that it's not the end of me. We can get through this. Your faithfulness and your fight will encourage others to be faithful in their fight. This is, this is valuable. Your faithfulness and whatever you're fighting will encourage others around you to be faithful in whatever they're fighting. So don't give up. Know this, both fear and faith are contagious. Have you noticed that? When you see someone being extremely faithful, you're like, man, I, I need to trust God more. I need, to, I need to, to be more like them. But when you see someone afraid, that's contagious also. I ask you, which are you conveying? Are, are you conveying fear or faith? Because both are contagious. Honestly, whenever I look around humans in general, you know what we have become? People of fear. When, when you listen to conversations... When you look at our actions, when you look at things we'll do at a moment's notice when somebody else says, oh, do this and you'll be safe, or, or, or don't do this if you want to be protected, we'll, we'll do what anybody says because we're fearful. We need to be very careful if we have stopped being people of faith, what God says. Here's what the Word of God says. God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Here's the cool part. When you see someone living out God's power in their life through his love Within self-control, it is contagious. It makes me think of a young man within our church. His name is Brody Haston. How many of you know Brody Haston? Or know the family? Whenever I look at Brody's life, it has encouraged me to be more faithful. Brody has seen faithfulness modeled from his mom and dad, his grandparents, uh, other Christians within the community. And whenever I look at Brody's faithfulness within his fight, it encourages me to be more faithful. It has encouraged many of you to be more faithful. This picture was taken on a day right before Brody was going to go through a, a mountaintop challenge. It was a massive challenge. It was in front of him. And uh, I called the family there at the hospital. And, and they put me on speakerphone. And I prayed with Brody. And without any guidance, without any nudging, as we were praying over the phone, this is what Brody was doing in a heartbeat. He was going before God in prayer. This picture was put on uh, social media, and I could see how it inspired people that haven't prayed in a long time to begin to pray again. I heard stories about people who were in similar battles. They're like, if Brody Haston, as a, a young man, a, a boy, can be this faithful, I too can be faithful. You've got to understand that your faithfulness in your fight can encourage others to be faithful in their fight. And I, I praise God for Brody Haston in his fight. Amen. Let's give God glory for that. God is going to use similar things that stink, that, that are, are painful, that are mountain things in front of us that we can't move on our own, that if we stay faithful can help others. Here's the reality. God uses our fight and our struggles to bring faith to people that we don't even know. He doesn't waste anything. Right now within our church, there are people that are coming to faith because someone died in, in their uh, circle of friends. And, and I hate that, but I love the fact that they're trusting Jesus. There are people that, that are, are talking to Jesus and asking questions about Jesus for the first time because of a tragedy, and it's biblical. Look what God says in his word in Romans 8. 
And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. God uses our challenges when we're faithful. So stay faithful. In the movie, it came time for the mission to be pushed go on. Maverick was selected to lead the team. No surprise the way Hollywood films go. He's a retired uh, from this, but he's like, hey, you've got to lead this team. So, so they head out for this impossible mission. And, and I want you to know, in the movie, they portray this as a, a mission that's impossible. And what's interesting, the words they use on a reoccurring basis was it's going to take a miracle. Hollywood, notice this, Hollywood knows miracles happen. They put it in the movies. We just know that it's through the name and the power of Jesus that they do happen. But in this clip, we're going to see them embarking on something that is impossible, hoping for a miracle. Watch it. I wonder how many days you've had like that. Where, where you accomplished, yay. Where you accomplished the main goal and you think it's over. You're like, man, we've arrived. It's all smooth sailing. And then it gets worse. You're a coffin corner. That's what they call this. And I, I love the actual video of it more where the jets are flying and there's just chaos. Uh, it is designed to bring any plane down that happens to be there. No one makes it through coffin corner. That's maybe where you think you're at right now. It feels like you have been overwhelmed and there's really nothing that can happen. You're in even a bigger mess. Look what the word of God says here. I want you to see this in 2 Corinthians 4. He's talking to believers. Those are children of God. We are hard-pressed on every side, missiles everywhere, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul says over and over again, if you're a child of God, there's going to be attacks, attacks, attacks. About the time you think it's over, it's going to get worse, but you're not going to be destroyed. Look what the reason it says in verse 12, it says this, life is at work in you. The, the word of God, Jesus Christ himself, and the Holy Spirit are a work and alive in you. And you're not going to be overwhelmed if you stay focused on him. Don't give up. You are a treasured by God, and he's going to pull you through if you're all in. You, you can't be, though, hey, I'm all in on Sunday whenever it's nice and easy, when the family comes together for this. God is wanting you to be all in all the time. It's, there's going to be a time, the scripture says this, where we're not lukewarm, where we kind of ride the fence one way, one day, and one way the other. When we're all in, Christ promises to care for us no matter what. But when we try to go on our own, you don't get out of coffin corner. You've got to be all in. Maverick was all in. Watch this clip. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is the one who spoke those words. He says there's a point when you, you, you need to be ready to go all in, the point where you sacrifice it all. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the film yet, Maverick lives, okay? He doesn't die. But he laid it all on the line. He's like, I'm all in. That's what God is asking for us. Be all in for him, even to the point where you'd sacrifice it all. Because I want you to know, living for him is better than dying with the world any day. Dying with him is also better than living with the world any day we got to be all in. God wants to bless us, but we, we've got to say, God, I trust you. That place was coffin corner. And through the magic of movie, they make it through there. So does Maverick. But I want you to know if you're here today, you do not make it through life on your own because sin destroys completely in the end. Look what the word of God says in this. And this is why some of you are here today by God's invitation. 
In Romans 6, 23, it says this, the wages of sin is death. If you're probably over 13, you know what a wage is. We, we work hard in life to, to earn a wage of money. The word of God says what you deserve, what you get paid for your death is sin. Excuse me, what you get paid for sin is death. And so what that says is even if you only have sinned one time, and I know we've all sinned more than that, if we've sinned once, the payment we get is death every time. Coffin corner is no escaping in the world. But look at that same verse. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. While one sin equals death, God's grace always equals eternal life in Christ. Always. But we have to accept it. We have to cherish it. We have to live for it. Jesus died so that we could live. Top Gun Maverick is cool. If I could be in one film the last like 20 years, it would definitely be Top Gun Maverick. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm very much attracted to the speed, the power, the, the story. It's all great. But that's not why we're here. The reason we're here today is that you would hear the good news. That because you are sinners, and we've all sinned, the Bible says in, in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, each and every one of us. We are born as these babies, perfect, but there's a choice, and if you're a parent or a grandparent, you know there's a choice when these children will rebel, and sin enters into us. It leads to death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And while Top Gun Maverick is cool, and they know that we need a Savior, they know what sacrifice looks like, they don't have sometimes any clue who it is, and it's Jesus. In this final clip we're going to watch, Rooster and Maverick are somehow, and I forget kind of how all the details, but you can watch the film, they're in an old uh, fighter plyle uh, somehow found in the forest that they uh, ha happen to get off the ground and they're trying to escape from the enemy. They've stolen an F-14. Uh, the interesting thing is it's a little out of date, but it's not fully armed with weapons for offense or defense. So as the enemy plane uh, hones in on them, Maverick realizes there's no way out. The enemy is zoned in on him, and death is at the doorstep. Watch this clip. Mm. Mm. First time I saw the film, I didn't capture, uh, catch what he said there, but it's powerful. Because maybe a lot of you are like Rooster and Maverick. You're doing everything you can. You've exhausted your resources, but you keep getting hit one time after next after next. And you're literally just like, we can't take much more of this. You're wanting to eject, but there's no eject in this world that seems to work. And then all of a sudden, on a day like today, you hear about a Savior. And his name is Jesus. And he says, if you can hear me, if you believe in me, you'll be saved. Would you stand with me as I close today? I want to, I want to read to you from Jesus, and he's calling. This is from John chapter 5. And Jesus is declaring to anyone who hears his voice, anyone that will listen, there is life for those who are beat up or taking hits, who know they can't make it on their own. Hear his voice. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me, have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. And we all have sins, but they have already passed from death into life. And I assure you that the time is coming, indeed is now here, when the dead will hear my voice. That is you if you're a sinner. You are dead right now, but you're going to hear his voice and the voice of Son of God. And those who listen will live because they believe. The Father has life in himself, and he has granted the same living, life-giving power to his Son. Maybe you feel beat up. 
Maybe you feel like you're not going to make it much more. And you've realized today that you need forgiveness. You need a Savior. Jesus is literally saying through his word, this is your Savior speaking. And if you hear me, if you believe and you respond, you will have life. Some of you need to be reminded of that today that you have life in Jesus. I am certain there's at least one or two of you here today. You're hearing this reality for the first time. Things aren't right, but you hear Jesus and you're ready to respond. Man, I'd love to talk to you more about that about how to follow him. Today, the baptistry is ready. If you need uh, to not only say, I believe in Jesus and you want to be made new in baptism and join with him, today can be the day. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray that if someone is here and they're ready to take the step, that they would just move, that they would talk to a friend or or come forward and, and just receive prayer or share with someone about what they believe, that Jesus is their savior and they can live with him. Father, we thank you that there is a plan even in our darkest day when we, there is no way out as humans, nothing is impossible with you. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.